Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Media Podcast Network. What is going on, y'all? We are back. It is another episode of No Bets Barred, this time for UFC London. Blades versus Aspinall. I cannot wait for this one. Early morning card for us here in the States, especially on the East Coast. Back to back, baby. I mean, love those. Does it get any better? Like a lot of people were complaining about Long Island. I had to get out to the stadium and I still loved the early start. I don't know who was complaining about Long Island. Those people are are crazy. It was I can you uh, Saturday night. Do you know what I did Saturday night? I socialized with I love people. It. Like I, I actually it. went went and hung out with my neighbors i had dinner we we conversed we we spent the night into the deep hours talking about deep and wonderful things i i i saw human beings on a saturday night it's the first time and i don't even know how long i cannot stress to you how great it is and to be getting that back to back and with a really damn good card this week i mean this is life does not get any better than this i'm starting to see what all those west coast people are talking about in the summer, too. That's the best part. And and one of the great things about being at the card last week is that it's pitch black when you're in the arena, and then you're leaving at, like, 4.30, and you're like, oh, we still have the entire evening ahead of us. Like, this is just incredible. Like, one of my favorite things to do, I was, like, done off my phone for, like, the rest of the night by, like, 7 o'clock. I just got to live my life, which was fantastic. I have never once gone to a fight and left when it was still light out. You know, because that's just not a thing I've ever done. So that had to be a wild experience. Wild. Uh, yeah, I mean, like every time I went to the concourse to get a drink or go to the bathroom, it was like, oh, yeah, it's like two o'clock right now. Like, and I'm I'm already drinking beers and watching fights uh, and it's the middle of the afternoon. Man, I'm, it was so great. And the fact that we get to do it again. Ooh, and then after that, it, you know, just just a little thing called a pay-per-view next week. It's yeah, just, just a little 277. NBD. NBD. Uh, yeah, so Long Island. Uh, I was rolling high. I was doing good going into the main event. 
uh, up a couple units. Parlay's still alive. Ortega, yeah, yeah, sucked the wind right out of my sails, man. It was it was tough. The whole stadium emptied out quick. Other than that, fantastic experience. Can't wait to go to MSG, my first pay per view in November. But uh, overall, I will be back. Loved it. Wish we could have ended on a high note, but it is what it is. That's what happens in this sport. You know, it does. I text you right after because I was just like, that is a really tough way. Yeah, it was tough. Especially because you had so much tied up in the main yeah. event. I was like, that is a yeah. really, really tough way to go down. Uh, great for me, though. Yeah, you know, Yair cashing, they don't, man. They don't ask how. They ask how many. And yeah, you're cashing that dog ticket, babies. Exactly. So, uh, betting against Brian Ortega strictly because I do not like him paid off finally. Feeling great. I love it. I mean, I love it. Like, now, now that I've, like... You know, for like probably like the first 20, 25 minutes afterward, I was I was definitely salty. Just kind of sitting there, you just have like to be. taking it in. But, you, have to be. you know, we'll get over it. We'll move on. Uh, still, like I, I was doing well enough before the main event that like it didn't hurt me too bad. Finished down like a unit, a little over a unit. So like time to bounce back. Time to bounce hey, back with UFC. A lot of room to bounce back. I'm I'm two weeks in a row in a row with a couple unit profit margin. So riding high right now. Oh, right. Apparently. High. Apparently not doing any research and just firing from the hip with vibes. That's been paying off for me. So in the spirit of that, I did the same thing this week. I, I just, I'm going to keep riding the vibe wave as long as it's cash and tickets. And then when it stops, we'll go back to, to tape study and professionalism. Well, what is the it? Time you're, bu- you're busy right now, though. You got to let the people know you're, you're what you're moving. You know, we, we can't uh, dedicate all this time. We have lives outside of this. I, I have a lot going on in my personal life. I am moving. Uh, just got a lot going on with work too, baby. You know, other other podcasts coming out. If you are a frequent listener to this podcast, you might notice it's going to drop a little sooner this week than normal because that's going to be the new hotness every week. I, I heard, I listened. You know, I, I at avid listener and watcher of the MMA Hour, great program on the greatest great YouTube program. channel in the world. Best YouTube channel. And I, I heard last week. Ariel, Ariel called me out. He didn't call me out specifically, but he called me out, you know, and he's like, Hey, what's up? Why, how come the show's not out there? And I was like, that's my fault. Cause, cause I, I'm the one who's got to get it up. So it technically makes sense. It does make sense, but you're the one putting in the work to do all the editing. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you how to do. Your I know. I, I respect you about it, but you know, when the big man comes, comes for your, for your neck like that, you got to stand up and be like, all right, let's get it done. So Moving forward, it's always going to be ready. And speaking of No Bets Bard, I so I had 10 people with me at Long Island, and not all the seats were together, so we were playing that dangerous game of like two people sitting in seats that weren't ours. Mm. Got kicked out. One time, I was the one that got kicked out. I go a few rows up. You? They kicked a celebrity? They don't kick (laughs) celebrities out. Come on now. Well, here's the funniest part. I go up a few rows and sit in an empty seat, and this is for the Schnell-Sumadarji fight, fight of the night. And the dude behind me is just like, oh, yo, GC, like, uh, no bets barred, dude. I listened to the podcast this week. I was like, let's go, man. Uh, so, you know, I got the under two and a half in this one. So, yeah, I rode that out with him. As fun of a fight That's as a that great, was. That was a great fight to ride out with a fan then. Oh, Perfect. and I was I was a little bit terrified that it was going to be one of those bad <laughs> beats where they're sitting doing the scorecards, two dudes just bloodied to hell. And you're just like, how did this, how did this not get a finish like but uh i I was right there with you because i tailed you on that one and when when sumaderji's just elbowing him in the head and he's not going down i am losing my mind i'm like oh my goodness he's gonna make it out of this 
He's somehow he how is he not down. getting? It was when he got the takedown, I was like, I was like, no, this cannot be happening, dude. Like, uh, yeah. But we cashed it, it. That's all that did. matters. Got it with ease, easy cash, no stress, stress free cash. When he got the finish, I went nuts too. So it was worth it. Like I went, I went nuts. I mean, as you should. Uh, all right, Long Island, fun card, fun card. I think this week might top it though. I am very much looking forward to this UFC. I think it's card. going to. It's stacked up with bangers. I am looking forward to it. Let's start with the main event. It is a heavyweight bout. It is Tom Aspinall going up against Curtis Blades right now. Tom Aspinall, the slight favorite, minus 135 against Curtis Blades, who's coming back at plus 115. Over, under, set at two and a half. Over, minus 105. Under, coming in at minus 125. What do you think of this fight, man? I have a lot of thoughts on this fight. Do you? But let's let's start here. Do you have a side in this one? I do have a side. I've had a side for like six or seven weeks. Whenever the odds came out, I jumped right on Tom Aspinall. I will come out and say it. You like betting against Ryan Ortega because you dislike him. I like betting on Tom Aspinall because I like him. I am a Tom Aspinall fan. I love Channing, you know, Tommy Aspinall. Aspinall. Love all that. I mean, he's a 93 baby. I'm a 93 baby. Like, he comes on the show. The bond that can't be broken. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a Tom Aspinall fan, I, so I bet Tom Aspinall. I only threw a unit on him at plus 102. Uh, I do also have, uh, you know, a prop in this one as well. But uh, what do you think of the side? So I have a side, uh, and we're on it together, baby. I do not have him at underdog prices, and I'm going to be honest. For a lot of the rest of this card, I, as I said at the start, I didn't do a ton of research, but... Some of these, like, we're going to get to Jordan Levin a little bit. I took Jordan Levitt pretty early because that was, and we'll talk about it, but Fade and Patty Pimblett, I'm going to make a career out of that one. Uh, but in this one. <laughs> a lot one, of people seem to, seem to say that. A lot of people as, are looking forward I, to fading this Like, guy. I think it's going to be a lucrative career for all of us, but now is not the time. Uh, in the main event, when this fight was announced, I immediately just said, oh, Curtis Blade's going to win that because I think Curtis Blades is, Curtis Blades isn't the best heavyweight in the world, probably, but he might actually be. Like, I know he's got two losses to Francis Ngannou, but one of those came really early, and the other one kind of a little weird. And I think if they ran it back, I'm not sure I would pick Curtis Blades, but I think that's a 50-50 fight if he and Ngannou get in there. And I think Blades would absolutely stunt on Stipe Miocic. Uh, and most of the heavyweight division, like he, he, he lost in Ganu twice and he got caught by Derek Lewis, who is Derek Lewis. He kind of does that to people occasionally. Uh, and so my initial idea was just entirely Curtis blades. And I still think that I still think everything I thought that Curtis blades, this is what he does. He ruins dreams and fun by being real Curtis bladesy, but that's not the fun bet. It's not fun to bet on Curtis Blades to win in London because he's not, even if he wins, he's going to call for a title shot that he's not going to get because there's there's going to be an interim title fight between Stipe and John Jones and then maybe Francis Ngannou re-signs with the UFC. Curtis, just he's not really in that title picture right now as much as he wants to be. And so it's not fun to pick him. It's much more fun to pick Tommy Aspinall I love the chant. I love the song, Tommy Espino, Tommy. It's just the best. And this is in London. And crowd's so gonna going crazy. crowd's, crowd's going to be going, going crazy. crazy. And the crowd might stop going crazy 20 seconds in because Curtis just blast doubles Tommy right off his feet. Could happen. But I don't care. I don't care. Because I 
I, I, I am telling all of you this right now, listeners. This is, this is a pick purely off vibes, purely off emotion. My head is telling me entirely that Curtis Blades is both going to win this fight and that certainly the value is on Curtis Blades at plus money, but I don't care about any of it. I'm taking Tommy Aspinall. I've talked myself into it. I, I try. I didn't. I really tried to talk myself into this and be like, Tommy Aspinall has never given up a takedown. And on the feet, he's a much, like I think he maybe doesn't have the same raw power that Curtis Blades does, but he's a much more clever boxer. I think he's going to be a lot faster. Oh, and, he's you know, definitely he's ne- faster. Never been taken down. So, you know, he can kind of do the I mean, light on his feet thing and, I don't. I, I couldn't. I couldn't buy any of it. I said it all because it's all oh, there. But I can't. In my head, Curtis Blades should be able to jab, jab, double, and sit on Tom for twenty-five. Oh, but man. I don't See, care. I I'm taking Tommy. I, okay, so I disagree with that. We're both on Tom Aspinall, but like, I think the biggest reason for taking Curtis Blades in this one is one, you're getting him as an underdog. Two, he has fought just the far, yeah. far superior competition than Tom Aspinall has. And he's put together a 16-3 and three le- record, and like you mentioned, the only time he loses, Francis has gone in twice, getting caught by Derek Lewis. But here's the thing. I think Tom Aspinall is the real deal. This is a huge jump in competition for him. Like, you were just listing off the stats. Like, he is 5-0 and in the UFC, and he has absolutely obliterated every single person they have put in front of him. Average fight time, 2 minutes and 57 seconds. Striking differential of 4.68 landed per minute. 100% takedown accuracy, 100% takedown defense. Like, the stats are literally fake. Like, it's like you created a fighter in UFC 4, uh, and you put it on easy mode, and, like, that's how good you're doing. Like, I think we're just, like, you, like you're making, like, I just feel like some people are making assumptions that Tom Aspinall isn't the real deal with Curtis Blades. Like, there's a chance Tom Aspinall comes out here and just does the damn thing, like, and does it again. There were a lot of people doubting him going into the Volkov match, and he made it look just wildly easy. Like, I don't know if he's going to do that against Curtis Blades, but there's a chance he does. Like, there's a chance that Tom Aspinall just goes out there and just does the damn thing against Curtis Blades. I, I, I think he has a decent chance of winning this. So there's a chance. I, I, I don't. I'm not saying he cannot win this fight. I think, I think all the stuff, all the points you made. I do. I think he is the truth. I think he's a legitimate top tier prospect in this division, which is very rare at heavyweight. Curtis Blades is just like the worst matchup for basically every dude in this division. He's just, he is a guy built designed to kill people that do this stuff. And if my, cause all of the other stuff you said, sure. We, he's never been out of the second round. Like if Curtis tackles him once, that's the round. Curtis just going to sit on him for five. And then Tom gets up. Maybe he's a little tired. We've never seen him go 25, Curtis can do that for infinity and beyond. He can sure. do that as long as he wants. My other big kind of concern here outside of kind of those things is uh, the athleticism is athleticism. I say all the time is a cheat code in MMA and it, it that's a, a true for every division, but it's like especially true in a couple of them. Heavyweight being maybe the most glaringly obvious. We saw it last week, right? Like, your boy, we got. Let's talk about your boy, Jack Shore. Jack Shore is yes. probably a more technically superior fighter to Ricky Simone. He was doing a lot of really good stuff, especially getting put up against the cage. But the decider in that fight was purely that Ricky Simone could elbow, could have a clinch, 
elbow Jack Shore in the face and then instantaneously teleport down to Jack Shore's hips to dump him. And Jack Shore couldn't do anything about it because the massive gap in athleticism. And that's at a much lower... Exactly. I mean, it's it's just how that goes. Built like a... So so fast, so strong, so reactive. And it just didn't matter that Shore was maybe slightly better technically. And that's at a lower weight class. At heavyweight... Andre Arlovsky has been getting by on being uh, with a little bit of savvy and being a plus athlete for 20 some odd years in this division. And I think what we have seen from Tom Aspinall is that he's a great athlete and that has let him absolutely roll over everybody else in this division. But he is about to meet his athletic equal, if not superior. And that is, I, I got to see it before I can believe Tom Aspinall can do that to Curtis blades. I'm going to have to see it. And so yeah. Yeah. we're going to see, we're going to get that answer. We are going to get that answered. I'm still believing that Curtis blades should be the favorite. And I'm actually I, shocked that this is what, what you're saying, everything. And you have Curtis blades sitting up plus money and you're not taking it. No, because I don't want to, this is again, we're <laughs> not going ahead. I said it at the beginning. The also, head has only been getting me into trouble the last two months. The heart, the heart wants what it wants, and the heart wants to to shout the top of my lungs in my living room. Tommy Aspinall, Tommy. I, Aspinall. I believe in Tom Aspinall. I, I think he's going to do the damn thing. Well, I I hope he does because I'm right there with you, and my hard earned dollars are right there behind him. But if I'm just picking just who I think is going to win, I'm picking Curtis Blades. And so this is by definition a bad bet for me, yes, but it's one I'm still making. Bet for you. One I'm still making, and I don't regret it. I love it. I love it. We said it last week on the podcast. Great betters, they don't they don't mess with you know they they take uh, you know emotion out of it. They use logic. They use sound reasoning. They use math. The good news is we're not great betters. Yeah, not. I want to let people know that. I I will happily make a bad bet for the sake of content and a good time. Oh, and this answers time. both of those. A great time because at least for at least the twenty minutes that it takes for them to get to the cage and start the fight, I'm gonna be on ten. I'm gonna be chanting Tommy Aspinall's name and I'm gonna be going crazy. And if he gets it done, I'm gonna go even crazier because he's probably gonna get it done inside the distance. And I also have fight does not go the distance in this one. I grabbed it at minus one eighty two. I mean it's a it's a this is a five round heavyweight fight where we're the favorite in this fight has 14 professional fights and has never even seen the third round. Uh, and he has nine wins within the first 95 seconds of his fights. Like, I, I know that Curtis Blades has the ability to wrestle, but he is no stranger to a finish. Ten of his 15 UFC fights have ended inside the distance. And uh, when he was on the MMA Hour a few weeks ago, after his win against Chris Dawkins, he was like, I want to let the hands go. I want to get finishes. This is what the UFC wants to see. This is what the fans want to see. I want to get into the conversation. Hey, ten, I think he's lying. 67%. Oh, I'm not saying he can't finish. I'm just, I don't buy it. Curtis has spent his entire career just saying, I don't care what people think if you stop me. And uh, I think he's just saying it because he thinks that's what he's supposed to say. But that that dude, that dude's a tackle grapple machine. And tackle and grapple. That, but but uh, I actually, that also works on Tom Aspinall. Because again, what you were saying about Tom goes the other way. Man's never seen the third round. Exactly. 25 minutes. Get, I, don't think, I don't think Tom Aspinall is just going to sit there and, and like, I think he's going to be trying to throw up submissions. I think he's going to be doing something which could either be successful for him or open himself up the ground and pound from Curtis Blades. It's not, dude, 
Blades much is, so. Blades can throw down some hammers, man. I I like an inside the distance. Uh, that that makes a lot more sense to me as a thing that could happen. I don't have that bet, but a, uh, a Godspeed on it. A crazy stat uh, that I think it was McSee picks on Twitter tweeted out. Uh, I had seen this, but just to see it in writing, uh, a five round heavyweight fight between Tom Aspinall and Curtis Blades is less of a favorite to go the distance than uh, a lightweight fight between Patty Pimblett and uh, Jordan Levitt. Uh, thought that was pretty wild. Wow. A three-round fight. That is wild. Wow. Mm. No. All right, well, so Tom Aspinall for both of us. Fight does not go the distance for me. Should be a great fight. I'm going to be on 10 for it. It's going to be fantastic. Hopefully it is finishing off a fantastic card. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Uh, let's keep it going. Co-main event, middleweight bout. Jack Hermanson going up against Chris Curtis, who's coming in as a late replacement. For Darren Till, Curtis just fought four weeks ago against Adolfo Vieira. Action man. Yeah, right now, minus 110 on each side, over under two and a half, minus 115 on each side. I mean, this is a, uh, you know, flip a coin and see where you land. For me, I took Chris Curtis, you know. Let's go. Let's go. As soon as this one came out, I mean, like the dude, he was in Sean Strickland's corner back in February when uh, Sean Strickland fought Jack Hermanson. Like, he, he knows what Jack Hermanson brings to the table. Curtis, in my opinion, he's going to be better than him on the feet. Hermanson is probably going to try to wrestle. That is one of his assets that he can use. But Chris Curtis, man, 100% takedown defense in the UFC. How'd that wrestling work for Rodolfo Vieira? (laughs) Over 26. His opponents are over 26. Adolfo Vieira went over 20. Phil Hawes. Junior college national champion in wrestling. And just a specimen of a human. That's just also... Well built young man. Oh my God. He looks good. He looks good, but looks Chris good Curtis, getting bro. off the bus. <laughs> Chris Curtis is tough to take down, dude. You like no one in the UFC can say that they've done it. Hermanson, he only has a 30% takedown accuracy. It's not, not like he's just wrestler. picking up dudes and slamming them down. Chris Curtis is built. I just think it's a good matchup for him. I think he's going to find success on the feet. But the reason I'm not backing up the Brinks truck on Curtis. Because he just fought four weeks ago in what was a tough fight against Adolfo Vieira. I know he got the win and he and he ducked 20, 20 takedowns, but I mean that was still a fifteen minutes like putting it on the entire way. Um, so that does concern me a little bit, just just how recently that was. But I'm still riding the action, man. He if you had an award for most game fighter in the UFC, Chris Curtis has to be in the top three. The dude is just game. I think that award is called the BMF belt. I think that that's spiritually, I believe that that's what that's supposed to be. And I have none of your reservations. I am backing up the Brinks truck. I, oh, I love it. I love it. Is, actually, You're just making me feel better. This is, look, this was 
uh, of all the bets I have, this is the bet I feel the best about. And the odds aren't as long as some of the other ones we'll get to. But, dude, he just fought this fight. Like he four, You say he just fought a tough fight four weeks ago. I say <laughs> he, just, he fought. just fought this fight You're four right. weeks ago. You're right. Blanked Vieira. And so it's not like, ooh, he didn't have a training camp. No, he had the exact training camp for this. Like you mentioned, he was in the corner for Strickland. He knows what what Jack Hermanson's going to do. Also, I'll I'll just go ahead and say it. I think Jack Hermanson is about to fall off a cliff. I think that the the splitty to Strickland is going to be the last quote unquote decent performance for him. Should not have uh, been a split decision. Yep, shouldn't Shout have been. Shout out Salvador. Uh, but you know, main event uh, before that, the Edmund Shabazian. I think that's going to be his thing. He is approaching. I think he's thirty five, something than that. And it is his whole career has felt very weird to me in that his wins, like the Kelvin Gastelum heel hook, I don't I don't know how to treat a Kelvin Gastelum win because Kelvin's so up and down. But every time he fights a good fighter, he loses, uh, and he's getting a little old, and he's just he's not a one trick pony, but he doesn't he doesn't have a big toolbox to pull from. And like I said, this is the same damn fight. So if this is on the feet, Chris Curtis. A lot more volume. Love the body work. The body work oh, to yeah. Rodolfo Vieira was just nasty. And Jack Hermanson just doesn't have any answers for it. He's a wor- Jack Hermanson is probably a worse wrestler than Vieira is. And I don't see how he's going to get it down. I'm all in on Chris, Chris Curtis. Love this. One of my most confident picks this Let's week. Go. Cannot believe it is a, a straight-up pick among the odds. Would have had Chris Curtis... I would bet, here's how confident I am. I'd bet Chris Curtis up to like a minus 240 in this fight. And I'm getting him at a pick em. <laughs> I, I thought you were about to say like a minus 190 or something. No, minus at least minus 200. At least wow. minus 200, wow. I'd feel very confident in Chris Curtis. And I can get him at a pick em. Give me that all day, baby. So with Chris Curtis, uh, it was the same thing as as Aspinall as soon as I heard the fight. You, you know Chris Curtis opened as like a, I want to say... It was like a plus one forty. Whoever whoever got that steal of the century. I mean steal of the century. Yeah, he opened at a plus one forty. Uh, I didn't get plus one forty. I nabbed plus one fifteen though. Yeah, they, I mean plus money steal of the century. Still was trying to grab plus one forty. I would have been so proud of that one. But still, Chris man, Curtis. Pu- Chris Curtis plus. I mean, look, you're gonna you're gonna pay off some debts with that one because my man, action man is cash man. He is cashing tickets. I don't know if Connor, I don't know if you know this, but since Chris Curtis come back to the UFC last year, how many times he not cashed a ticket? Zero. Zero. He is Zero cashing tickets. tickets. Uh three and oh he cashed a plus two fifty, a plus two eighty, and a minus one twenty. The He's fact about to that, add a minus one ten to it. The fact that he went out first round, knocked out Phil Hawes, and then took a fight with Brendan Allen a month later, and he was a bigger underdog. Was ludicrous. Brandon Allen's got that height. Action man. You know, he's a former welterweight. People just saw his PFL run. A lot of Nobody's a believer. I'm a believer in the action man. Well, the PFL run. Like, I, I feel like something that people forget about that PFL run. Yeah, he lost three times. Two of the losses came in the same night. Like, he went out there and went to a decision with Magomed, Magomed Karamov, who is no one to bat an eye out. And then Ray Cooper was supposed to have an opponent. He dropped out at the last second, and uh, they ran Action Man back out there. Like, the dude is game. 
the dude so is game. game. And yet, I mean, we don't need to get too deep into this because we're honestly we have a ton of fights to talk about. Yes. But I will also say PFL is just a whole different world than the UFC. It's everything about it, the way that they prepare, all that's just a little bit different. Those style matchups. And also, people just get better. Like, people just straight up, Chris Curtis has just improved in the last couple of years. Uh, fighting a middleweight seems to agree with him, especially for how often and frequently he wants to fight. Again, can't say it enough. I take this man at minus 200. I think he's a steal at minus 110. Let's go. All right, we are both riding with the action man. Let's keep it moving, man card. Lightweight bout. We got Patty Pimblett going up against Jordan Levitt right now. Pimblett's sitting at minus 255. Levitt at plus 215. Over-under set at 1.5. Over minus 139. Under plus 105. You said you already. You said you took Levitt early. What, what do we got, man? Sure did. Uh, look, this is, as I mentioned earlier, this is nothing to do with brains or thought. This is... As soon as this fight was announced, it was like, oh, that's a fight Patty Pimblett can lose because Patty Pimblett can lose a lot of fights. Like, there are a lot of fights that he can lose. And Jordan Levitt, not like the best fighter in the world, but dude's a scrappy grappler that is going to do a lot to mitigate kind of Patty's biggest, biggest advantages. Uh, and if this turns into like a bad kickboxing fight or whatever, because that's really what it would be, you know, I think Levitt can hold his own there. Uh, I, I am not saying that I am confident Jordan Levitt's going to win this fight. I am just saying Patty Pimblett's dude's just not very good. Like he he's just not. And Jordan Levitt's not like great, but he Jordan Levitt is wily. Man is is very is tough to pin down, and it gives a lot of people problems. And mostly because as I said, vibe picking, just going on narratives and stories. Wouldn't it be? This would be the most the worst possible way for Patty Pimblett to lose. This would be Kimbo getting knocked out by Seth Petrozelli and his pink hair on, on CBS. Patty Pimblett losing to a guy who is super weird and is going to like twerk all up in the cage after it in front of the London crowd and just make everybody hate him. This feels, this feels like the, you know, the best laid plans of mice and men get, get uh, ripped asunder and this feels very much like a thing that's going to happen. So I took a shot on Jordan Levitt. I'm going to be honest. I'm probably going to take a shot on every Patty Pimblett opponent until <laughs> this dude loses. And I think I'm going to be paid off for it. I think I'm going to be paid off this weekend. But I really think if I'm not this weekend, in the very near future. Yes, I have strongly considered playing Jordan Levitt. I haven't yet. Since the line came out, I have strongly considered it. Uh have not pulled the trigger. What I have pulled the trigger on is the over one and a half in this one. It's kind of like you said. Uh, I'm not fully in on Patty Pimblett. I'm not fully in on the hype train. And I know he has four first round finishes in his last four fights. But as his competition continues to increase, which I think it is with Jordan Levitt, he is going to stop getting the first round finishes. I think he's probably going to stop getting the wins as often as he is as well. You talked about it. Jordan Levitt, the ground game. Like I think he's slick enough to avoid the Patty Pimblet submission. And then on the feet, I, I don't really favor Patty as like this giant knockout puncher. I think that this one's gonna go a little bit longer than his previous ones have. I'm with you. For me, it's a dogger pass. I, I would love to see Jordan Leverett drop yeah. down to a split, start up the twerk in the O two, everyone just 
booing so hard. Uh, it would be fantastic theater. Yeah, there is no way if you don't if, if you don't think you know if you still think Patty's going to win, I would just say do not bet on Patty. There's no Patty is not a parlay piece. Like this is this is de- textbook definition of dogger pass for me. Yeah, for me as well. I mean, I, I really have no interest in playing Patty in this one. Uh, I mean, honestly, the over one and a half is probably going to be a sweat just because Patty is like erratic. Like he he haunts. He continues to get hurt like badly oh, yeah. in the first round. Yeah, and then coming back and and getting a finish. Like he just he throws caution to the wind, which is my biggest concern with this over one and a half. But I just think as the competition competition goes up, uh, you know, he's not going to get it done as easy. Levitt's never been finished either. Also, I know his last four fights were first-round finishes, but the four prior to that, three or four went to decision. So, like, it's not like he's just, like, he's getting finished every single time he goes out. Um, So, yeah, over one and a half. Give me seven and a half minutes, and then we can get that Jordan Levitt sub. I love it. I love it. And now we get to go to my – this next fight is the one I have – I don't have any idea what the hell. I took a bet because I wanted to take a bet on this fight. You took a bet on this one. Well, what we're talking about is a light heavyweight bout. It's Nikita Krylov going up against Alexander Gustafson. Krylov minus 190, Gustafson plus 160, over under two and a half, under minus 135, over plus 105, what you were saying. I mean, you you took a bet on this. I have nothing. I I think the game has passed Gus by, but I don't know for certain, so I don't want to play Krylov at almost minus 200. So yeah, that's that's the thing. I really like both these fighters. I think they're both really really fun guys, and oh, that's why sure. I wanted to get a bet down. No idea how to feel. I mean, Gus hasn't fought in two years. Uh, he hasn't won in five, something like yeah. that. He hasn't looked good in probably I gonna, five. I, uh, I don't, I don't even good. know the last time he he looked good. <laughs> um, but his last his last win was over. The recently dethroned light heavyweight champion Glover Teixeira, like it's, and if they ran that back, it wouldn't stun me if Gus did the same thing to Glover <laughs> then. So it's really hard to have any feel on this. And Krylov's such a guy who's he's such a kitchen sink fighter. You know, he's gonna come out all gas, no breaks. That I I don't have any real feel. And so I did what I thought was make the stupidest bet that I could possibly make. Yes, which, the dumber the better. I took the over two and a half rounds in this. Uh, it is at plus 105. Yes. Uh, I base that mainly on if I don't I don't think Gus is very good anymore. or He's, he's certainly lost his fastball. He hasn't competed in a while. He's going to take some time to get going. But Krylov, not an enormous finisher. Um, I mean, he, he, he gets finishes, but it's usually an attritive kind of outworking thing. And I doubt he's going to be able to really put that level of pace on Gus that's going to to put him down or slow him. So I also think Gus can, if he chooses, just dive on, just tackle Krylov and sit on him and kind of suck away some time there. So I, I really, this bet, I do not recommend anyone tail me. This bet was entirely, I wanted a bet on this fight. And I the line at Krylov at minus 190 is too big. I just feel bad betting on Gustafsson as an underdog because, fun fact, he has won once as an underdog in his entire career. Care to take mm. a guess when that was? Mm. Here. You won't get it. 
because you probably don't know that this fight happened because it was his UFC debut wow. in 2009, UFC 105 against Jared Hammond. That wow. is the only time he has won as an underdog. Missed. Yeah. So 14, 13 years ago was the one underdog win on his resume. You know, he had the good fight against Jones the first yeah, time as an fight, underdog. Fight, yeah. Still lost that fight. And so it's even at underdog prices, I can't feel good about taking Gus that big and under, uh, you know, that small of an underdog off a two year layoff. So I was trying to figure it out. And it just, I just assume that Gus is tough enough to survive multiple rounds against Krylov, who's not like a super dynamic offensive threat and we can just hit that over and it's a plus money. So I took an, a shot on the over two and a half at plus one Oh five. I was going to say, yeah, we might as well just get, get a little plus money on it. It's plus on money. If it was minus money, I wouldn't have done it, Yeah, but it was plus money over two and a half. Sure. Why not? And then I get, cause I want to feel something in this fight. You oh, know, I want it. that money down. I love it. All right. Over two and a half plus one Oh five. Krylov Gustafson. Uh, next up, Women's flyweight bout. We have got Molly McCann going up against Hannah Goldie. Molly McCann has been juiced to the moon. She is now minus 390. Hannah Goldie at plus 320. I used Molly McCann as a parlay piece on Sunday and or Saturday, and she was like minus 265. Uh, I just think this is a favorable matchup for her here. Um, I just think she's going to out-volume Goldie. I think she's going to mix in some takedowns, and she's just going to get it done by unanimous decision. So all of that's okay. First first things first, I want to shout out Molly McCann. So before we did this show, I want to let you guys know that Molly McCann is responsible for the biggest ever oh, cash yes. from, for me. Yes. Not not from a monetary standpoint, from an odd standpoint, because I put a couple of shekels, just a few bucks down on Molly McCann to win by third round TKO in the gambling column I write for MMAfighting.com, the greatest website in the world greatest website in the world greatest I, bet in history oh greatest bet in history i pick a long shot of the week every week and that week at ufc london and my argument entirely was she's she has never gotten a finish she spoke all week about wanting to finally get a finish in her ufc career and i think she is gonna finally do it and i took the third round because those were the biggest odds and that spinning back elbow which is a ko of the year contender is the number one in my heart for no other reason than a plus $3,500 ticket cashed. 35 to 1. Let me tell you guys, if you haven't made a bet like that and hit it, which you probably haven't, because if you're making bets like that, you're a stupid idiot like me, <laughs> and you're just handing your money to, to your bookie or to Vegas, to whoever. But when you hit it, there is no sweeter feeling in the world. So shouts to Molly McCann, because that is where I wanted to start because I'm about to pick against her. Wow. I'm not picking against her for any other reason other than she, as you put it, she is juiced to the moon. Juiced to the moon, and dude. there is no reason in the world for Molly McCann to be nearly a minus 400 favorite, frankly, over any person that is competing in the UFC. Uh, and so I don't, I'm like the inverse of uh, the inverse of the main event. I'm picking Molly McCann to win this fight for the same reasons you are. Yes. You know, I think she can out volume. I think that she's got the wrestling edge. I think that that London crowd is really going to jack her up and she is going to be ready to go. But 
she just shouldn't be this big a favorite over any person alive. So I, I actually I took that. I took a baby, just a baby, baby little bet, uh, not even a quarter unit bet, uh, just on Hannah Goldie at plus three twenty, just just purely out of out of respect for the fact that it's probably going to go to a decision like you just crazier things have happened and so it it is purely a this number's way out of whack give me a little just a little slice on the big underdog yeah when i took this like i was just like i'm minus 265 i was like that's a little steep but like she is probably going to win this fight so i was like minus 265 i would not have bet goldie but and then minus 390 Dude, I came back. I went on best fight odds on like Monday morning. I was like, "What? Like you can't? You can barely even get her for under four hundred right now." Like, Dude, by by fight time, she's probably going to be like minus four fifty or something. Because that number's just going to keep moving as the London fans get excited I, about I dropping say, heat on her. I think the London parlay this week, people are going to do McCann, Pimblet, Tom parlays, and mm-hmm. they're all going to get juiced up even more than they are. I I absolutely I mean this is one of my favorite things about cards like this is usually you can get pretty good value if you're picking against the hometown people, you know. Yeah. Like there's just because those the public is just widely going to see oh and I'll I'll be honest, we're going to talk about Mason Jones in a little bit. A lot of my argument for picking Mason Jones, spoiler alert, is that he's fighting he he's fighting in London and the UFC very clearly wants him to win and that that line of thinking gets a lot of money coming down on those fighters not not a terrible uh not a terrible decision there all right let's finish up the main card it is a light heavyweight bout paul craig going up against vulcan Ozdemir. vulcan is the favorite at minus 170 you coming back at plus 145 under two and a half is minus 225 overs plus 185 Paul Craig, 5-0-1 in his last six fights. Do you have a side here? I do. Ooh, I do I'm, not have a side. I have I'm a prop. Just, I'm throwing out a, a hypothetical. Just like, what if what if Bear Drew just keeps winning? What if what if he, what just, if he never stops? What I'm if he saying, doesn't what, know how to lose? What if he becomes the light heavyweight champion of the UFC mm-hmm. by getting outstruck 47-6 to six and then throwing up a triangle in the second round? I mean, it's not. it's absolutely not impossible that... Yuri Prohaska could just clobber Bear Drew. He falls over, and as soon as Yuri, Yuri jumps down on him, it's just like, ah, oh, triangle, we're done, new champ. Like that That's a world that we could live in. Paul Craig is the Scottish light heavyweight Charles Oliveira. He just baits people into the ground so he can just throw up a submission. Wow, that is that is high praise for Paul Craig. And he's going to be a champ soon enough. I mean, he's very similar. Very bad start in his UFC career. And now he's on fire. Now, like, I feel like people don't talk about him just snapping Jamal Hill's arm enough. Like, Jamal Hill is like the next big thing. Also, went over Magomed Ankalaev. Like, I mean, we we need to get the Bear Jew title that, contention talks that going, just, baby. That win is the funniest thing to me because he lost four minutes. And uh, what? When did the stop? Didn't the stoppage come like right at the buzzer too? No, he lost fourteen minutes and fifty nine oh, yeah, seconds. No, because it literally point. came at four fifty nine. That's yeah. right. So yeah, he he lost the entire every second of that fight until the triangle went on and and he Craig. put the man to sleep. That's Paul it Craig is. for you, man. I mean, you get the you get the Scottish paint. Just like you were saying, it's fun to bet on Tom Aspinall. I think it's fun to bet on Paul. It Craig. is. I agree. It's fun. It is a sweat too because oh, that man's it. gonna get 
put on his ass at some oh, yeah. point. And then you're just he's having probably to gonna get outstruck. It's probably going to look like he's about to get TKO'd. And then you look down at your phone for half a second, and then you look up, and Paul Craig is is celebrating uh, a win by submission. That's my side. I'm on Paul Craig. Took him at plus 150. Uh, he's 5-4-1 as an underdog in the UFC. He's got four straight wins. You know, tap, snap, or nap. That's what we say over in Scotland uh, in the Craig household. Uh, so, yeah, I'm also – I don't I don't know your prop, but uh, I'm also on the fight doesn't go the distance. Oh, uh, I was originally going to be on that prop, and instead I just took the under two and a half. Yeah, makes um, sense. Because it's a weirdly – like, I took the fight doesn't go the distance at minus 310, and then I saw two and a half is like minus, minus 200. Two, it's, yeah, so that's why I was just like – Huge no, difference. No, the, that gap is big enough where I'm like, okay, if, if the finish comes in the last half of round three, uh, you got me. But, it. yeah, yeah I'll, I'll just take that L. But – uh, I don't know if Paul Craig's going to win. I think I may be favor of Volkan Ozdemir, except for Volkan Ozdemir seems to really know how to pull defeat from the jaws of victory <laughs> and against a guy like Paul Craig, who's Great really on. good at the inverse of that. Seems like that might be bad. I mean, on paper, Ozdemir is really good at preventing takedowns. Very solid wrestler. Much more powerful striker. Should be able to just clobber Bearju, but... Things that, happen, bro. The, the magic of Paul Craig is is always a thing. Uh, and But, you know, for me, here's why I took the under for the same reasons I'm sure that you took the fight doesn't go. Craig has gone to one decision in his UFC yes. career. Everything else is a finish. I think his also, whole career, one time. I, I wasn't looking pre-UFC, but that wouldn't shock me at all. Ozdemir, uh, he has gone to five decisions. But if, if you add this up, or four decisions, if you add this up and they're combined 23 fights five total decisions. Uh, and given given Craig's propensity to submit somebody or get knocked the hell out in Volcano's Demir's propensity to get submitted because he has had a, has a few of those losses on the record or to punch people really hard in the face, uh, I just think this one, we're not going to need the judges in this one. So I took the under minus two. Uh, I got it at minus 210. Uh, that, I think that number's moved a little bit since. but Yeah, I mean, you dude, know. like, it's similar to that Chanel Sumadarji. Like, Sumadarji lost by sub. Chanel wins by sub. Sumadarji wins by KO. Chanel loses by KO. It's yeah. it's something it similar. Goes. Light heavyweights. Yeah, like, I mean, uh, Paul Craig's been finished in all of his losses. Three of them, three of the four by knockout, and Volkan Ozdemir. You know, three of his last four wins are by KO, and his whole career, 12 of his 17 wins are by knockout. Like, he's he can back a punch, so... Should be a fun fight while it lasts, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, I've, if I'll be honest, if I if I was betting with my heart and my vibes, obviously I'm betting Paul Craig. It's much more fun to bet Paul Craig here, but instead oh, I'm sure. just gonna bet for a finish. It's fun. It's fun. I didn't go like crazy heavy. I, I did like point seven to win like one point oh five or whatever. But it's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to it. That's how we're kicking off the main card. So it's a great, great. If he, start if he wins again, like I mean. Just put him. Just put him in a title fight. We're trying, you know. Yuri's doing all this. I want to fight Glover again. Jan's like, well, I want to fight you, or I want to go fight uh, Israel Adesanya, or yada yada yada. Screw it. Just everybody's wrong. Let's just throw Bear Drew in the title fight. Bear Drew versus Jay Prohashka. Bear Drew won't go two fireworks. title title eliminator. I mean, I, I that that that'll end the fun Bear Drew run. So. Just give him a title shot. Let's do it. Because Bear Drew Prohashka is fun. That, there's no way that fight oh isn't God, incredibly yeah. enjoyable. 
Yes. yes. And that's that what we be, should be prioritizing. That would be a fantastic time. All right, let's move on to the prelims. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. All right, let's move on to the prelims. We'll kick it off with a lightweight bout. It is Mason Jones going up against Ludovic Klein. Right now, you get Mason Jones from minus 320. Klein coming back at plus 265. Over-under is set at 2.5. Under minus 135. Over plus 105. I actually do not have a bet here. Thought about playing Mason Jones, but I just never got around to it. Hey, that's fair. Uh, And I'll keep this one short, mainly because we still have a ton of fights to talk about. The only downside to this entire London card, a lot of fights this weekend. Yeah, a lot of action. Uh, But I mentioned it earlier. uh, I got Mason Jones. I got him as a parlay piece. I got him at minus 320 right now. Short version of this story is, I think he's got all the advantages. Ludovic Klein's not an awful fighter, but Jones, hot, hot shit prospect. Uh, He is bigger. He is stronger. He has a much higher volume. He is the better wrestler. He is fighting in London where that crowd is going to be going absolutely bananas for him because they they just love that dude. This is this is a fight. It's a good guiding principle in my mind is look at who does the UFC want to win this fight? Because for whatever problems that the matchmakers have and Sean Shelby and, and team don't always make the best ones. They're usually doing it with purpose, and in a situation like this, they clearly want Mason Jones to win this fight, and I think he's going to deliver for him. So I've got him in a parlay piece. Uh, that par- It's a three-leg parlay. I didn't mention this uh, with our previous discussion, but my uh, my under two-and-a-half for Craig Ozdemir, uh, that's part of this parlay, so that's leg one. Mason Jones is leg three, or leg two. And we'll talk about leg three in just a second, but ooh, three legger, let's go! It's it's a three legger, so you know it's guaranteed to lose. Three leg parlays, just just everything the bookies want you to do is is make three leg parlays. But I'm a sucker for stupid bets right now in my life. The more legs, the better. I'm praying for you that this cashes. I think it probably does. Uh, just for the Welsh man, let's let's up the Welsh yeah. after Jack Shore last week. Uh, let's not go back to back weeks getting a loss on our on our. Big I don't prospects. think we're going to because Ludovic Klein is not going to out athlete Mason Jones in the same manner. I love it. Let's ride with the Welsh. Next up, it is a lightweight bout. Mark Diakise going up against Demir Hadzibik. Uh, Diakise minus three twenty five. Demir coming back at plus two seventy. Um, I am using Mark Diakise as a parlay piece. Um, you going Demir? I'm not. I don't have a bet. Uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you why in a moment. But Yeah, so I just think Diakise, I think he's just going to use the wrestling. I mean, uh, last time out, he just looked great against against Borshev, landed 11 takedowns, racked up, you know, essentially had control time the entirety of the fight. It was like 12 and a half minutes, 30-27 win. Last three wins, 
He's landed 18 takedowns. Demir, uh, last three losses, he's been taken down 16 times. He's getting older. Uh, Diakise, he's young. He's still in his late 20s. I think he's getting better with each fight. He's fighting in front of the home crowd. England, very real chance this goes to a decision. Then he gets it done. I can't argue with anything you said. I agree with almost everything you said. The reason I don't have a bet on DKZ is because I cannot bet against Hatsvik. Because my man shares a birthday. He and I share a birthday. And I'm not wow, going to bet wow. against my birthday. Okay. That is the reason. That's sound reasoning. I said I Aspinall bet- in 93, baby. You can use 93? this. 93? Oh, yeah, my We share a birthday. And, you know, I wanted I wanted to bet on him. But his takedown defense is just too poor against DKZ to, to, to make me do it. Um, and so I, I will say this. Diakizi is only four and five when he's a favorite. Hadzovic three and three is a dog. So maybe feeling a little froggy there. But mainly I just refuse to bet against my birthday brethren. So no bet on this one for me. A I'm sad. Point. I'm sad to know that he's gonna lose because you're never wrong. As we've established, <sighs> you've never been wrong. Jesus. Jesus. So, Especially not on a juiced up shock parlay. I, I ne- definitely have never missed there. Never been wrong. Uh greatest gambler in the world. So, I mean, that's what the people are saying. Not yeah. me. The people are saying people it. Say and that. so, so now, now that you've looked into the future, you've you've shown us what happened. I'm sad because my birthday brother is, is going to take an L. Hopefully, I'm not going to lie. Hopefully, that is the case. Hopefully, you are the better half and winning on Saturday, and Demir is not. But we will wait to see to find out. We'll keep it rolling. Prelims, we got a featherweight bout. It is the return of Nathaniel Wood going up against Charles Rosa. Uh, Wood coming in at minus 520 right now. Rosa at plus 410. Uh, fight goes the distance, minus 180. Fight does not go, plus 150. Uh, I, I hopped that Nathaniel Wood is a parlay piece at minus 450. Um, I just think he's the better fighter. He's a younger fighter. He's fighting in front of his country and what will likely be uh, a decision. Um, I parlayed him up with Diakise. I mean, Charles Rosa, like, he's got decent ground game. But, I mean, he's he's two split decisions away uh, against Justin James, who went 1-4 and four in the UFC, now cut, and Kevin Aguilera, four straight losses uh, in the UFC, now cut, uh, from having lost his last six in a row. I'm just not overly impressed with Charles Rosa. Um, and I think Nathaniel Wood gets this done. In Charles Rosa's defense, neither of those should have been split decisions. He won both those fights. But... Okay. You know, uh, that's that's your perspective. Uh, it it is. Uh, I don't have a bet here mainly because I agree with everything you said. I just Nathaniel Wood is at a big price and he hasn't fought in two years. And that is my that, biggest concern. Yes, that that was originally it was originally going to be a four leg parlay. My my parlay this week, uh, and Wood was in there. And then I thought, well, four legs. I mean, if three legs are stupid, four legs are the dumbest things yes. imaginable. So, which of these legs is the buster? And I was like, I mean, Nathaniel Wood should win this, but it's, he's obviously not going to because he hasn't fought in two years. And while Charles Rosa is losing a lot, he is, has a nasty habit of making fights close. And I'll agree with that. So, make a get it. That's the fight I felt the least confident. In. I felt like that's the one that I'd be sweating the most as it goes to a decision because maybe Rosa just overachieved a little bit. So I just passed. But I think this should cash, but a lot of factors that made me stay away. Yeah, so we're both on like uh, – we're both cheering for – I'm cheering for Mason Jones. You're cheering for Nathaniel Wood. I, I like where we're Absolutely. at. Absolutely. Uh, 
Next up, let's keep it moving. Uh, featherweight bout. Let's have some fun uh, in this one. It is Makwan Amir Connie going up against Jonathan Pierce. JSP is at minus 205. Mr. Fenlin at plus 175. Uh, do you have anything on this fight? I do not. I uh, So I'm going to let you get in the kitchen and cook on this because I passed on this fight for one very, very simple reason. I am absolutely dog shit at picking both of these gentlemen's fights. <laughs> uh, I am one in three in my predictions on Pierce's last fights, and I believe, though I didn't write the number down here for some reason, I think I'm like one in five on Amir Khani. So I clearly don't have any idea who's going to win when either of these gentlemen fight, and I, I got no feel. So I, yeah. I, took, I took a seat because I've got a lot of other action down, didn't feel I need to force anything. I'll have you know I'm 2-0 and on Pierce fights and 1-0 and on uh, Maquan fights. So, well, uh, I would hope so. You have a crystal ball that sees the future, and you're never wrong. So I would hope, you're, I would hope you always get everything actually, right. Hopefully that's actually true for this fight because I'm taking some flyers. I'm having some fun. Uh, I'm taking Maquan Americani by sub. I'm taking him by sub. Oh, by sub. One. I love that. Uh, plus 430. Uh, Ooh, at a tasty price. And sub round one plus 1,000. I mean... I just think he's going to have an opportunity. I think I'm going to. I mean, the last two weeks I've taken a sub prop. Jared Vandera, never even close. Brian Ortega, never even close. Like, I just I just want, and I have cash sub props before, and, like, I love it. Like, when you cash an exacto, like a sub prop or a KO prop, it just feels so good. Hitting you're just exactos like, are the best. I mean, you're just like, I literally had a crystal ball, and it's called my brain. Uh, but all I really ask for is, is an opportunity like to get close where you get up off your couch. You're like, Oh, like, hey, this might be it. it. Yeah. Like you get to really cheer for it. Vandera. Nope. Brian Ortega. Nope. The when Ortega got him down. I was like, Whoa. And then it immediately ended. But, uh, I think he's going to have the opportunities. JSP. He, he's probably going to try to take this down. He loves using the wrestling. Mach one is incredibly aggressive in the first round. That's, I mean, who do you fight? Two fights ago, Lerone Murphy, man, he, dominated Murphy in the first round and then obviously it got ended in the second with a knee but I think he's going to get those exchanges that he's looking for in the first round JSP can be wild uh I mean like he can just get in bad positions too I went back and watched that Joe Lozon fight I don't think I've ever seen someone in a worse position to get ground and pounded like Lozon had his arm oh, like yeah. completely behind his head up. and was just face was just wide open like there was nothing JSP could do I didn't even, I don't even know how he got in a situation that bad um yeah, I just think he can be a little wild. I think a guy like Makwan, who's got 12 of his 17 wins by submission, and 11 of those are in the first round, uh, it was just too good for me to pass up. I think he's going to get a chance. Mr. Fenlon, let's let's make the crowd go crazy. Uh, and yeah, let's see if he can get it done. Look, I, I love it. Um, look, Makwan, also a, a fast starter like Joe Lozon. Uh, and you know, the secret best part about this bet is you're going to know in five minutes because Mach exactly. one man exactly. does not have a gas tank. So if no. he doesn't get it done instantaneously, this one's over. There's no, there's no third round hero. There's no match now coming back from getting knocked up and down the cage to then hit the triangle. It, you got five minutes for, for her happiness and hope. And then you can just wash your hands of it onto the next bet. Oh, for sure. And that's what I'm doing. I'm only putting like 0.5 combined on them. Uh, also, Makwan Amerikani, Mr. Fenlin, best topology picture by far. It's him sitting on a couch, 
looking By very far. inebriated, covered in women and martinis and poker chips and playing cards. It's wild. He's, I don't know how that ended up being his topology picture, but it is ridiculous. Because he's Mr. Finland. That's true. Why do I even why the, I don't even know why I said anything. The that best part true. about it, my favorite part about it is is the shirt. It's buttoned down to like his navel. He he's oh, gone yeah. full Miami Vice on this button down. How do Just you get that tan stuff. in Finland too? You know, uh, man just just stays being Mister Finland requires a lot of work ethic that you and I don't know about because you don't need to work. You've got a crystal ball that sees the future where you need to work hard for. Let's lock up an anaconda, Mister Finland. Let's do it. Round one, anaconda. Let's go. Let's keep it moving. I may jump on it just for funsies. Oh, I might oh, jump oh. on the just the round one sub prop at plus a thousand. I always just, like just, just having the exacto. Like- uh, I've started liking having these like ridiculous flyers just for fun because oh, now no. they're the most they're, fun. When they're making their walk, I'm gonna be jazzed. I'm gonna be hyped up for this for this Americani fight now because Mister Fenlon ho- holds all my hopes and dreams in the palm of his hands. I mean, and and when he ca- like like I said earlier, when I hit that exacto on Molly McCann, whew, great feeling. So let's Ooh. do it again. I love exacto bets. Let's do it. Let's have some fun with it. Let's keep it rolling. Next up, we have a flyweight bout. Muhammad Makayev, super prospect, going up against Charles Johnson right now. You can get Makayev for minus 460. Charles Johnson coming back at plus 370. So I actually do not have anything on this. Makayev is a stud. He is a beast. He made it look too easy last time out against Durden. But Charles Johnson, uh, he's not terrible either. I'm going to guess, though, your third leg of your parlay is Muhammad Makaev. You have nailed it, sir. I don't uh, blame you. Look, I'm not going to break this down too heavily. I am just going to say I think, very simply, Muhammad Makaev is the best prospect in MMA. In the entire sport, in the entire way, any weight class, he's Can't the best really prospect. He's never lost. Best prospect in the entire sport. He has an extensive amateur career, never lost professionally. This dude has, has all the skills. He is an elite, elite athlete. He has the look. He's got the mic work. The this is a guy you can strap. As as my good friend Mike Heck, tremendous journalist for the greatest website in the entire world, MMAfighting.com, Great website. Uh, loves to say you can strap the rocket to this dude and shoot him straight to the moon, and I think that's where he's going. And that may, that sort of tra- career trajectory might get him a loss at some point. Uh, in the in the future, as if they're just like, all right, this kid's got it. Let's let's rush him into a title. That might get him a loss, but it ain't against Charles Johnson, who's a good damn fighter, good damn fighter. But he, there there are levels to this game. Muhammad Makayev, this Muhammad Makayev is so good. I think it is a foregone conclusion he will hold the flyweight belt. Wow. I think he has a damn good chance to be a two a multi division wow. champion in the sport. Like that is. How highly I think of what this wow, kid can who's, do. At then this who age is Charles already. Johnson, bro? This is this is nothing. You know, you know a Charles Johnson. We all went to high school with a Charles Johnson. <laughs> Charles Johnson is a chain of mid-level uh, hotels and motels. It ain't a dude who stops one of the greatest prospects we've ever seen in sport. That's all I'm saying. CJ is is getting put away and probably quickly. He's a game dude, so maybe he can hang around for a little bit, and it is flyweight. But Makayev is the last leg of my three-leg three, three leg parlay. 
for a quick recap, that is Craig Ozdemir under two and a half rounds, and it's Mason Jones, and it's Muhammad Makayev. Those three together, that'll get you about plus 135-ish right now. So decent little plus money payout. And this is the leg I feel the best on. Of uh, if, if this leg fails me, I'll be pretty surprised because, again, I cannot think more highly of, of a person than I do of Muhammad Makayev at this point right now. Yeah, I will too. I mean, honestly, if Charles Johnson wins, I will be a little bit surprised. But I think this is a tougher test than Cody Durden. Uh, I liked Muhammad. Well, it has Makayev. to be because Cody Durden was a, wasn't even a speed bump. Cody yeah. Cody Durden was a fly getting smashed on the windshield as the Makayev train just kept right on rolling down the tracks. Yeah, I had Makayev in, in a lot of parlays last time out, but it was closer to like minus minus three hundred uh, than this this minus. Thing you're never going to get Makayev at yeah. a low number anymore. Like you're just not. This is going to be his routine, and I think. Look, you go back and you look at all the future greats, and again, I think that's what Makayev is. They cash a lot of tickets, and if you're just thinking as, you know, think of how much money you could have made if if you just bet on John Jones every single time, regardless of the price, or Valentina Shevchenko, or any of those people. I think Makayev is in that league, and I'm going to ride him until the wheels fall off. Talking me into uh, doing an extra parlay on Makayev, but we'll see. We'll see. I might get around to it. Got plenty of time. Uh, All right, let's keep it moving. We have got a lightweight bout. It is Jai Herbert going up against Kyle Nelson. Herbert at minus two sixty-five. Nelson coming back at plus two twenty-five. Over/under set at one and a half. Over minus one twenty. Under minus one ten. Um, yeah, I'm on Jai as a parlay piece. And fight does not go the distance. Parlayed up with with the Caregos. The mirror doesn't go the distance. Um, I just think Jai's had a tough go in the UFC. I mean, his three losses are. To solid, solid fighters, Hanato Moicano, Ilya Tapuria, Francisco Trinaldo. I know he had he had Tapuria in real trouble. Now, granted, Tapuria is probably a he, you know, Tapuria is really a featherweight, but he had Tapuria in a world dude, of trouble, a world of trouble. Got a knockdown with a head kick, was looking fantastic. There is no way if you had Tapuria parlayed up, which I did, I did, you were not nervous. I was super incredibly ner- nervous, super nervy, and then he just killed him. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. Shadow Realm sent him to the lands of whispers and ghosts, Um, which is my, that's probably my biggest concern in this one, him coming back four months after that, uh, after a knockout like that. But looking at his Instagram, it it seems like he's ready to roll. And I just think in this fight, he is just the better fighter. I think he has superior striking. I think he can mix it up better. He's Ranger. He's going to have a six-inch reach advantage. Um, He's got that knockout power against someone that gets knocked out uh, in Kyle Nelson. The inverse as well. If he loses this fight, I think it's because he's getting put out. I think Kyle Nelson's going to come in here and throw bombs, and uh, I think that is probably going to leave him susceptible to getting knocked out or knocking Jai Herbert out. That's why I like the fight doesn't go the distance. Uh, both the dudes are one and three in the UFC, uh, finished in all three losses, first round finishes uh, in their wins. But I just in the losses, I've been more impressed with Jai Herbert. I think he is the better fighter against better competition, holding his own more. Where I, I feel like Kyle Nelson has been. Getting worked a little bit. He's in front of his home crowd. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Jai's going to get this one done here. I got no issues in your bets. I got no action here. The only thing I will say to add is just so you can feel even better. Nelson, 0-3 is a dog. Man hasn't Love ever that. cashed a dog Love ticket. That. So why would he start now? You know, why would he start now? In London it, against yeah, Jai Herbert. Well, come on. That's, that's not a thing that happens. You don't start cashing dog tickets 
right as the time we bet against you. You know, that's that would, that would never happen. Trends so, yeah. never break, dude. Yeah, if something happened once, if a good thing has happened, it's going to happen forever. Exactly. If a bad thing happens, it's, it's going to keep happening. Happen. Yeah, forever and ever. That's just how it goes. Everyone knows this. Yeah, so Jai Herbert, I think he's going to knock him out if he loses. Lock of the century? Can... Lock of the century, <laughs> Jai Herbert? Absolutely not. Uh, because if he loses, he's going to get knocked out like he did against Celia Taboria. It's not like his chin is made of complete granite. Uh, but I think he, I think he's got the advantage here against Kyle Nelson. I mean, you talk about the step down from Ilya Taporia, one of the hottest prospects in all of MMA, to Kyle Nelson. Uh, it is definitely a difference in competition. Yeah, for sure. I mean, no, no question. So I'm cool with your bets. I don't have any myself, but I support you. Uh. Thank you. I appreciate your support. I need it on a weekend like this. Let's keep it rolling. The last fight that we are going to talk about on this one, it's a welterweight bout. It's Claudio Silva going up against Nicholas Dalby. For me, uh, how you are with the Jai Herbert fight, that is how I am with this one. Right now, you can get Nicholas Dalby at minus 250, Silva at plus 210. Uh, Over-under is set at 2.5, over minus 140, under coming back at plus 110. Uh, in 2022, this the year of our Lord 2022, there is no way I'm putting uh, any money on Claudio Silva. Thank God, because neither am I. Uh, Thank God. I'm, I also want to be clear. I'm not putting money in Nicholas Dalby either. I, uh, Thank I took, God. took took a, a little bit of a page out of your book. Just hit the over here. Um, over two and a half minus 140. Look, Dalby is not a finisher. He's also never been stopped. So, uh, Silva, Silva, a little bit more of a finisher. He's only been stopped once and against a guy like Dalby, who's super durable. Don't see it. It's going to happen over two and a half is hitting five of Silva's seven UFC bouts and seven of Dalby's eight. I think just by far the most likely outcome is this one probably goes to the cards, but certainly clears that two and a half number minus one forty. was good enough for me to play. So kind of like, oh, that. I, yeah, I just wanted to have a little action on the opener Super didn't want to bet on either dude. Um, certainly not at these prices. And was just like, this is almost certainly going to a decision, right? Like it at least feels that way to me. So took maybe, the over two and a half. Feel okay about it. Maybe what I'm going to do, you made me feel good about the two and a half. I think what I'm going to do is take your picks. I'm going to take the Jed Mashu uh, mashup here. The Mashu mashup. Uh, I think I'm going to do the over one and a half. I know it'll be a little bit more juiced. Parlay it up with Muhammad Makayev. Honestly, I would feel great about that because I'm, I haven't, I, I'm not looking at it right now. I would assume over one and a half is hitting every single one of Dolby and Silva's fights. Wow, I, uh, I don't know that for a fact, I but that. I don't know if I can get it right now. Uh, I can pull it up because we have the over magic. I can, I can edit this out later, so we have the magic. Uh, I like it the would live not, reaction. It would not have hit for one of Dolby's. Uh, a what was later a no contest against Jesse Ronson, which is the one fight that the uh, the over two and a half didn't hit for him, and for Claudio Silva, uh, one of two of his would not have cashed. So actually, it would be exactly the same as doing the over two and a half. Um, so I can do over one and a half, and uh, Muhammad Makayev to pay out at minus one fifty seven. You know, I've heard of worse things. I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to lock it in right now. I love it. I hope that cashes because if that cashes, that means my bets are probably cashing as well. 
All right, we're locked in. I just took it live on the show. The Mishu mashup. You know who to blame if I don't cash on that. I'm okay with you blaming me on that one. If you were trying to mash up some of these other picks that are just like objectively bad choices I've made, uh, I'd be a little, little, little more concerned about what you're doing. But I feel good about both of these, so go for it. Let's do it. Let's ride Love the it. wave, baby. Love it. All right, so to break it down, I've just added Dalby Silva over one and a half parlayed with Mohamed Makayev. Pays out at minus 157. I am also on Tom Aspinall Moneyline, plus 102. Fight doesn't go the distance, minus 182. I'm on Chris Curtis, plus 115. I am on over one and a half in Pimblet Levitt. I am parlaying Molly McCann with Jai Herbert. That one pays out at minus 112. I've got Paul Craig at plus 150. I have the fight does not go the distance at minus 310. Parlayed up with Herbert. Nelson doesn't go the distance. That one pays out at minus 124. I have Mark Diakise parlayed up with Nathaniel Wood. That one pays out at minus 160. I've got Makwan Amir Khani by sub at plus 430 and Amir Khani by sub round one at plus 1,000. Well, there's a lot of bets, and we've only got we've got a lot more because I've got a ton of action myself. Let's go. I love I've it. I've got Tommy Espinal. Tommy Espinal. I got him at minus 135. Uh I've got Chris Curtis, the action man, at minus 110. I've got Jordan Levitt, plus 215. I have Krylov Gustafsson, over 2.5 at plus 105. I've got just a little baby sprinkle on Hannah Goldie at plus 320 to get that big underdog pull. I've got the Silva Dolby, over 2.5 at minus 140. I also, just because, love my guy, love my guy, GC, hopped on Amir Khani by sub-round one at plus 1,000. I haven't made the bet yet because that is not up at my bookie at the moment, but we're going to make that happen as soon as I can. And then I've got the three-leg parlay, Muhammad Makayev, Mason Jones, Craig Ozdemir under two and a half. That pays out at plus 132. And that's it. Those are my bets. We are going to have a phenomenal week. I guarantee every single one of you don't follow us all, but we are bringing home the bacon this weekend, baby. Let's go. Let's go, man. UFC London. It is going to be a fantastic card. I cannot wait for it. Hopefully, we're cashing on the bets. Hopefully, Mr. Finland makes us really happy with a first-round sub. But that is all we've got. We will be back next week. UFC 277. You already know what it is. Kai Kara France going for the interim belt. Amanda Nunez trying to get her belt back. But the real main event. The No Bets Bar main event is Kai Kara France versus Brandon Moreno. It's time to get the interim strap for my guy from down under. But that's for next week. UFC London this week. Next week, UFC 277. We will see you then. Love you guys. Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch 
against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.